Welcome to the Become Revolutionary Show, where we pull back the curtain and talk to successful entrepreneurs and industry leaders about their journey to success, the process of entrepreneurship, and the adversity they've encountered along the way. With your hosts, Charlene and Noel, and their amazing guests from all over the globe, you will feel right at home and part of the entrepreneurial tribe while hearing about the ups, downs, curves, and missteps in these stories and how it all ultimately contributes to success in business and life. Join us now as entrepreneurs support other entrepreneurs. Stronger together, further, faster. Welcome to the Become Revolutionary show, where we talk to you about how to get over those hurdles to become revolutionary in life and business. We're your hosts, Noelle and Charlene, and today we'll be talking about the seasons of life and the seasons of life in business. Welcome, Shanti. We're so excited to have you here today. Yeah, thank you for having me. I am so excited to chat. I'm so excited for this conversation too. So we'll let the viewers know who you are. Uh, Shanti Zach is a business growth coach, a strategist, an agency owner, sometimes lovingly known as the quiz queen, though she doesn't really call herself that. <laughs> She's the chief evangelist at Interact, mom of three wildlings, and an amateur homesteader. Shanti helps brands that give a damn about people and the planet to build a thriving ecosystem in their businesses through her programs and her done-for-use services. She believes that there's nothing a good question can't fix and that in for that in business and in life, it's all connected. In her spare time, you can find her studying psychology, doing downward dog or binge watching cooking shows. That's awesome, Shanti. Uh, and so today, yeah, we're just going to get really in there. We want to hear about the adversity that you've gone through in life and business and how you overcame it. How did you lean into that process and what supports can we give to our viewers and our audience if and when they encounter the same thing for themselves. And, um, and we're just so excited for you to join us today and just share a little bit of your heart with us. So welcome. Awesome. Yeah, so we, um, we met Shanti last year. We invited her on to one of our challenges to be a guest speaker when we were teaching people about virtual events. And she was talking about her quiz funnels. And right away, Shanti, I just connected with you. I'm like, man, if we live closer, like we'd be having tea and you'd be giving me a tour of your garden. She's yeah. like the ultimate green thumb, uh, which I envy. But um, I want to talk to you kind of on a deeper level today. So it's not just about quiz funnels. I'd like to chat more about like how the heck you got here. Like you're designing things for Amy Porterfield, for Jenna Kutcher, for other names that people know out there. And I know that that probably just didn't happen overnight. Like there was some sort of story behind there. So if you would welcome us into that, like how did, how did you even start with, with quiz funnels? How did you even start in this online game, if you will? Yeah. Well, if we go back to the very start, it was when my son was, I guess I was pregnant and I decided I did not want to go back to, I was working as a cook before. So I did not want to go back to chef life, yeah. very stressful, crazy hours. I just wanted a way to stay home with my kiddo. 
And so I started a food blog. And then from there I started getting content writing gigs. And that was really where I discovered that copywriting was even a thing. Like it was a few years before I, I tapped into the whole quiz funnel thing. So that was, yeah, that took a while, but when I first got started, I would, I would write articles for next to nothing (laughs) and be so excited and happy to even have that. Oh my gosh. I love that. So once you started doing that, um, what was the next step? Like what kind of came after that? Because oftentimes things just kind of snowball and then you get like a next interesting gig. That's a little different than the last one. And then that connects you to something else. So what was that snowball like for you? Yeah, it was making the jump from writing content to writing copy and discovering like, well, what, what is copywriting and why is it so much more highly valued than what I'm doing now? And how can I break into that. So that was really the shift is that there's this other thing and the skill set isn't all that different from what I'm already doing. How do I learn it? So, so working with mentors and doing lots of free work, that was (laughs) the beginning of that. And, and eventually I kind of got tired of, of freelancing life and went to work full-time for one company. And that's where I, I kind of found the quiz thing. And that worked so well for them that I was only there a year. So after I left, I decided I would try the the quiz angle with other types of businesses. And then tell us a little bit about that. So now you're going from working for a company to working on your own. Uh, There's a piece in there that a lot of people grow through. We're going to say there's some growing pains in that. Can you walk us through what some of those growing pains were for you in stepping into this new um, entrepreneurial venture? Had you done stuff on your own before? Or was this really your first time really stepping out on your own? Yeah, well, it was, it was a little different for me because I had sort of started out on my own freelancing, but not knowing at all what I was doing and making so many mistakes. And I had no idea, like what to charge or yeah, really how to manage a business at all. So, so after going in house for a year and then starting again, I, I kind of had a better sense of what I wanted and how to get it. Like I'd done a lot of learning in that period. So I knew I needed to just choose one thing and have a really tight niche. And that was kind of where, where the quiz angle hooked me because I knew that was something unique and I was terrified because I'd only ever done it for this one company and would it work for others? I did. I didn't know. Looking back, terrifying is usually a good sign though. That's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and I can kind of see this, like hindsight's always 2020, 20, I guess, but I can kind of see this in relation to my own life, like how that kind of plays out because like, 
and correct me if I'm wrong, but I kind of see like the freelancing thing. Like you had just had your first kiddo and you're kind of like, Oh, like I'll do this like side gig thing as I'm raising this guy. And like, I'll kind of, um, I'll kind of throw like splice things together if you will. And I'm like, that's, that's kind of how I started too. It's kind of like freelancing things, like, like piecing things together and I'll take the jobs I want and I, I won't take the other ones or whatever. And, and I don't know if that was similar to you, but it sounds like then you went back to work for someone full time and you were like, Oh, but I really liked that independence. And now mm. and I'm going to go yeah. for it. And you came in with a different mindset. Maybe is that accurate? Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. And it was really, it was really interesting because when I was working with that company, I was sort of just thrown into the ring and left to figure it out. And it was so funny. Like I talked my way into getting that job despite having none of the qualifications. Um, <laughs> Cause like they wanted like someone with like a BA in journalism or marketing. And I'm like, I don't have any of that, but you should hire me anyways. And they did. And yeah, I just did, really didn't know what I was doing, but I figured it out as I went along. And what I did for them is I would develop basically the content for the courses that we were selling. And then I would come up with the lead magnet, the top of funnel thing. And then I would like write the whole funnel and I would see the effect of that. Mm. So to see that what I was doing was directly making this company like hundreds of thousands of dollars was an eye opener for me. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it on my own. Yeah. 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 If I can do it for them, I can do it for me too. I've heard that story a few different times in a few different contexts that there's a, there's a moment, there's a clicky moment. It's like, wait, I got this. And so in that shift, what changed in your mind about yourself when you went out there? Because when you're working for a company too, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but there's this uh, blanket of security, right? Cause it's on them, but when you're going out yeah. on your own, it's on you. So what kind of, what I, I'm curious, what kind of mindset stuff you kind of stepped up against and then how did you overcome that? Like what helped you through that? Because clearly whatever you did has worked really well for you and you've been able to get yourself out there, but what did you have to overcome to become who you are today? Oh my gosh. Just so we could talk for hours about just that alone, like so many things, so many things around, um, worthiness and overcoming imposter syndrome, like really thinking like, I don't belong here. I shouldn't be doing this. Who do I think I am? I don't know what I'm doing. Like just discounting my own talent and skill set big time. And then that reflected, reflected in my pricing and who I would work with. So taking on just, just whoever, because it was like, Oh, they want to work with me. Like, of course I'll work with them. It was, there was like no kind of, well, do I want to work with them? None of that. And yeah, like kind of bottom of the barrel prices to start, um, and big fears around actually being seen. Like it took me years, like for a long time, I would continue getting clients based on referrals. I never had to market on social media, really. Like I just didn't go there. Um, I had a a website, but that was, that was about it. Like it took me years to work up the courage to consistently 
email my list and like starting an email list is one thing actually talking to them is another. So that was years of like, no, what I, what I have to say actually could be helpful to someone Mm -hmm. and it matters. And that took a long time. And to me, your branding, like I look up to you when it comes to branding because your branding is so uniquely you. And I think that's what makes you stand out, but I'm sure that was a process as well. Like just being able to be fully yourself because what, what I see, I mentioned earlier in the show that, you know, you love gardening and like, I see your stories and you're out there with your family in the garden and it's so beautiful. And it's a, a huge part of your life, but you've definitely incorporated that into your branding. Um, and so, you know, there's lots of greenery and there's lots of nature and, and that makes you, you, because that is you, you know, and you're going to attract your client that you want to work with through that. Right. But what, how did, how long did that take? Or, or what, was there an aha moment around this? Like, no, I'm just, I'm tired of trying to be someone else. Like I'm just going to do me. Like, how did you get there? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's still, happening by the way. Like I still constantly feel like, ah, I need to redo my website. It does not reflect who I am in this, in this moment. And it's funny, like the evolution Mm -hmm. of ourselves and our businesses is a lot faster than like our on-screen branding can even keep up with sometimes. We can relate. We can relate. It's under construction as we're filming this. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. The first iterations were like me just doing it myself. And I I the word part comes easier. The visuals, my first website was like so bad. I just came across like a really ancient logo just today actually. And I was like, Oh, so So, yeah. And it was just like iteration after iteration after iteration and like keep going and small changes can add up to what I'm, I'm glad you perceive as being true to, to me. And thank Mm. you for that compliment. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So you had mentioned about like, you know, worthiness and just not, and we're all in process, like we're all growing. And I, I know for me, like confidence comes from being able to be more myself around people that I think wouldn't be okay with me being myself. And then I realized like, Oh, actually we really get along so that I can be more myself. And then it's, it just kind of goes from there. And then the confidence builds for the next conversation. Um, so like stepping out and having those first conversations with people that you feel like you may not be worthy of having a conversation with, which sounds so silly to even articulate, it is silly, but, but it goes on in our heads. Right. Yeah. And so like, what was that like for you and how did you overcome that feeling of unworthiness? Like what was that process? Yeah. Oh man. And yeah, again, it's like still work in progress, but if we go back to the very beginning and we chatted a bit about this before we hit record, but like I was in this really bad relationship, like abusive dynamics and had zero, like zero self-worth literally 
the only reason I even started uh, my business, which I did not refer to as a business at the time, but like really my motivating factor was my child and my son. Like I wasn't doing it for me. I didn't even have that as a consideration. Cause I just like thought so little of myself at that point and getting out of that relationship again, like for more for my son than even for myself and healing from that experience. Mm-hmm. That was the, probably the biggest factor in like really having this transformation of like no self-worth at all to, I mean, I feel pretty healthy and like, I've got a certain level of confidence today Mm -hmm. that I never would have dreamed possible. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that, and that journey, like there's so many layers to that, but I think, and I often will say that like this whole business thing is the most, one of the most potent personal development, personal growth journeys a person could ever go on, because I don't know that I would have been so confronted with the question of worthiness and, um, I guess value. I don't know if that's the right word. That word is so convoluted at this point, but you know what I mean? Like, I don't know that that would have come into the equation if I wasn't so committed to creating a legacy. Mm. And can we say beautifully potent? Like, I feel like it's beautifully potent. Like there's something that, because I can relate, I feel the same way that it's, um, I wouldn't have grown this much had I not embarked on this journey or, or said yes to keep going forward, even in the hard times. And I keep reminding myself of the growing pains that I had, the physical growing pains I had when I was growing up, I'm a tall person and and I would have these like chin splint growing pains, but that's what helped me grow. Right. And so, um, I, I constantly remind myself of that on hard days is like, growth is not comfortable and it can actually be painful to look at stuff sometimes and be like, I'm going to grow through this. Um, so I do think that this life in business and online business and all of that is very, it's very beautiful. The growth that comes out of it is beautiful. And I'm glad to have connected with so many like-minded people also, because that makes it slightly easier. (laughs) Well, and the good yeah. thing about growing pains is remember friends, they're temporary, right? So <laughs> as uncomfortable as it seems, some days you may feel like you're never going to come out of it or like a bad toothache or something like that, but it will stop. And on the other side of it is equal in equal measure, something really great. Um, one thing that I, I normally experience, like, well, Noelle and I talk about this often. We're so grateful to have each other and be in this world of other entrepreneurs, because when you do have those days where you hit a wall or you're going through that, we'll call it the ebb, (laughs) the ebb season, when you just have to sit in it, sometimes it's not always comfortable, but you can lean on each other and remind each other, Hey, we need to be here for a minute. There's something that we're obviously need to see right now. There's a growth that we need to go to go through because there's something coming up that we need to prepare ourselves for. So now Noelle and I go, okay, it's an opportunity to breathe for a minute. Let's take a look around instead of going into that panic mode, like, Oh no, 
<laughs> most of the time. Yeah, yeah, most of the time. We do have panic modes here and there too, just like everybody else. But it's yeah. nice to have each other to, to remind each other. So how do you tactically, strategically, like kind of pull yourself out during those um during those kind of growth periods, especially when it comes to copywriting and stuff, that's such a personal one, right? Like if you're stuck, you're really stuck mm. and you're, and you're putting out content for other people, I'd imagine as well as yourself. So yeah. What does that look like when, when you hit a wall, how do you pull yourself out? Yeah. Well, I love that you both have each other and, and that you spoke to like the power of our relationships. And there's this concept called co-regulation mm. where like, when your nervous system is fired up and you just want to run or fight or, or freeze and someone else comes along and they're like calm and stable and grounded and they believe in you and are there to hold space for you in transcending that momentary panic, you're co-regulating. Like it's so much easier to get out of that space. And I think we do that all the time and don't even necessarily realize it. Like, and we can, we can do that for ourselves. It's just often it is easier when you have other people in your corner that are there to help you. And so like having my current husband, who's like so supportive and loving and really like grounded mm-hmm. and I can you know, I guess it's great to work from home. If you're having a moment, you can just walk to the other room and be like, I'm freaking out right now. (laughs) Can you just like be a sounding board and for them to just be there and like, yeah, it's all going to be okay. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that's all it takes. And then having like a team now that's huge. Like I have, we have such a tight knit, incredible team of people who who get the vision and who are so committed and on side and supportive. And we're constantly co-regulating each other and helping each other. And that with like skill specific struggles. So like copywriting, you mentioned, like I couldn't go to my partner and be like, I just don't know how to communicate this idea. Cause you probably wouldn't know either, but I can go to my team members who are also in the trenches with me. Or even if you're listening to this and you're like, I don't have a team, like just your business besties, like your mastermind, your peers, right. To be able to be able to go to them, present the pickle and have them stick a spear in it. And it's no problem anymore is so liberating. And the answers are almost always way closer than we think when, when that panic mode challenge does arise. And what a tasty treat it is afterwards for everybody to savor when you solve that problem, right? That pickle tastes so much better. Like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. We I love it. pickles. I love <laughs> They're like definitely in my top 10 favorite foods. <laughs> Oh my gosh. 
I think that's amazing. I just, I love how real you are with all of this co-regulation. Yes, so important. So if you don't have somebody around you um, or a community that you found yet that um, that's really supportive, look for one. Look for a mentor who um, could really inspire you to really level up. Don't get into, uh, here's my recommendation. Look for the community that's really going to challenge you. Like where, what is an area of your business and your life that you're like, man, I really got to step it up and get into those people because they're going to challenge you to think differently. They're going to challenge you to um, do things that you wouldn't normally do. And in doing that, that growth, it just opens up in really unexpected ways and magic just happens. Magic happens with your copy, with your business, with your relationships, with everything. And, and you just kind of grow from there. So it's something that I've been through. I know Noel's been through. I'm sure you've been through Shanti. I uh, just want to encourage you to, yeah, look for where can you level up right now? Make a note of it and then start looking for mentorship and community there. It's fun as you guys face stuff together. Um, yeah, just kind of see where that leads you. We're all about following your yes forward. Um, but yeah, well, tell us what inspires you. Oh my gosh, probably nature mm. more than anything. Like I'm reading this book right now, the secret life of plants. And there's all this like amazing research and evidence that, that shows that like plants and even cells are sentient and are like reacting to the environment and the, and the people around them. It's really neat. So that's, I mean, not like super related to business, but it does inspire me in the sense that like in my bio, I say like, it's all connected and like, it really, I really believe it is. And the more experience I gain, the less confident I am in saying, well, just do this one thing and everything will be solved. Like it's rarely one thing. And that one thing will affect every other thing. And, you know, like there's, it's just, we've got to look at life and, and business through a holistic lens yeah. or we risk missing a huge piece of the, of the puzzle. Totally. And what we've found, you know, and it's, it can seem flighty to some, to be honest, right? Like th there's a balance in having like a strategy and a plan, but like also being really alert and aware to what's happening around you and what's being placed in front of you, like opportunities that are placed in front of you. Because I think sometimes when we're so focused on the strategy or the plan that we created six months ago, three months ago, whatever, like new opportunities arise. And as we've been talking in this conversation, we grow. So like different opportunities are going to present themselves and we could actually miss those if we're so focused on the plan, right. That we created a while back. So I'm all for that. Everything is connected and like, see who's it, see who's being put in front of you, right? Like see what conversations are there and what opportunities are there. And, and that's how this business is run with Charlene and I. We just, <laughs> for sure. I mean, we're just like, yeah, like that's, you know, and, and usually things ring like a yes or a no for both of yeah. us. And that's how, that's how we, how, how we work because, and that's how we keep a healthy relationship in our partnership as well. It's yeah. like, if she's not feeling good about something, we're not going to move forward with it. No. So, um, there's also so many good analogies with gardening and plants. Like I feel <laughs> like that is like so, such good content and copywriting right there. There's, there's so they're endless. It seems. You know? like, oh yeah. Yeah. I'm on like chapter one of 70. 
So I'll, I'm sure I'll be You'll have sharing so some insights. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, help, help our listeners, if you wouldn't mind, understand when it comes to copywriting, a lot of people, you know, don't know, should I outsource it? Shouldn't I? Um, mm. If I am going to do it myself. So there's kind of a couple of questions in here. Should I outsource it or should I not? And also if they are going to do it themselves, um, what ideas do you have about best practices for copy? Like how to get it to sound really, everybody's all about the quote unquote authentic, right? It's also another word that's getting a little watered down these days, but just being real, what, what, how can, how can you be most relatable in your copy, whether you're outsourcing it or otherwise? Yeah. I mean, I probably, I'm a bit of an outlier in my recommendation for people to not necessarily outsource. Yeah. It's like at the get-go, when you're just finding your voice, when you're learning how you want to communicate, what's your unique style? What do you want to sound like? What do you not want to sound like? And that is not fun. Mm-hmm. Like there, I mean, for most people, even for copywriters, it's when a copywriter has to write their own stuff, trust me, it's not necessarily like this walk in the park just because they have the skill set. because there's also the mindset that you have to pair with the skill set. and the mindset in any form of communication, whether it's written or verbal or you're doing video or you're in person, like it doesn't matter. Communication is always going to be a a complicated thing because there are so many dynamics to speak to, right? There's like taking the other person into consideration who's on the receiving end. So like one of the big things in copywriting is if you don't know who you're talking to, then are you going to be able to communicate effectively? Probably not. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and then if you don't know like who you are, who you want to be, what your values are, how you want to, how you want to come across, that's another thing. So like, it's really in the beginning, bridging those two, they sound simple. It's like, figure out who you are, figure out who your audience is, but there's a lot in there. There's a lot of discovery and experimentation. And I think people often are like, no, I can't start because I need to take this copywriting course first or, um, do like 27 ideal client research calls, but you can, you can start like, and just, do it imperfectly. It's really the only way that you will find your own voice and get feedback from the people that you, you want to reach. Like you can do surveys and interviews and that's great, but don't not write while, you know, doing all that prep work and becoming better at writing copy and the actual skill. And you know, what's interesting, like my husband and I have a business and they, um, we do have people doing our cop, our copy for our socials and stuff, but I can tell you, so that liberates me, which in that business, I need to do that liberates me to post when I want, but there's consistent content going out about the houses that we serve and design and all of that stuff. And, um, you know, every time I write a post, it gets more engagement. 
And it's almost like my people just know me, <laughs> you know, yeah, they, they just know really like, Oh, there she is. Like yeah. that's her voice, you know? And it's, so there's definitely value to what you're saying. Like learn, let your audience know you and let, um, and get to know them, you know? And, and so I've realized just recently, like last week that I should be doing more. I don't need to do it every day. Like I can still have my team doing it, but I should be communicating with my people um, as well as my team. And so I think like, even as you grow, there still needs to be that seeding in because I've realized that they recognize the difference <laughs> between my <laughs> voice and my team's voice. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's and it's really honestly quite tricky to, I, I mean, I've worked with a lot of business owners where like they've been outsourcing copy for a long time and, and the struggle is always like, well, we just still haven't found that person who can get our voice. And it like almost always comes back to voice. So one of the things, if you do want to outsource is to have what's called a voice guide and that's like, or a brand lexicon. And that will go into your tone, your words and phrases that you use all the time. Um, just like random intricacies about you or about your brand that, you know, your audience knows, but a random copywriter coming in probably won't know unless they did tons of research. So it goes into all of that. And that's really helpful mm-hmm. if you, if you do outsource, but in order to create the voice guide, you have to have um, content and copy to pull from right yeah. to create it. Wow. It's just like sales. So when you do your sales scripting, we went through that process of taking our sales calls, voice text and whatnot. And then going through that, what we realized was that we really, we actually enjoy that process doing that ourselves um, for the time being. And then we have certain people support us in different ways, but um, it's the voice. You're a hundred percent, right? It is the voice. And that is the tricky part to get with branding in general, like for, at least for design, you know, we've had a mood board. We were introduced to that and then incorporating all of the senses into that when taking your brand into consideration, the voice guide, that's, that is so helpful. That's a really great takeaway. Thank you for sharing that. Mm. Um, if people did want to learn more with you, I would like to just touch on the quizzes too, but I just would like to give an opportunity here for people. If they do want to connect with you about copy, um, and just anything that you're putting on, I'm sure you have programs and courses that people can come check out as well. Where can they, where can they reach you? Shantyzack.com. That's my website, uh, Shantyzack on Instagram and yeah, I need, I need a better way for people to get on my list that doesn't even require them taking a quiz or something, but I do have a few quizzes. So my email list is probably the place where I'm most consistent with like, yeah, connecting and, and sending out insights and stuff. That's super so uh, that obviously is working for you then. Cause you said at one point, like you weren't doing that and it took you a while to get there, but if you're super consistent there, then that's working. Oh yeah. 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 Totally. That, that was a game changer, like committing to sending an email to my list yeah. every single week, even when I had a tiny list of like a few hundred people yeah. that changed everything. That's really good to know, especially for people starting out. 
That's really helpful. And then why quizzes? So, so for those people who are like, oh, I thought that might be fun, but I don't know if quizzes are for me. Why are you so hot about quizzes? Fill us in. Yeah, I mean, the there's a long answer and a short answer, but I'll go with the short one for now. So there's a few reasons. It's the only lead magnet that incorporates the power of interactive marketing. So it's, you know, so different from just downloading a, a free guide that you have to yeah. sit right. there and read through, right? You're answering questions, you're getting a response that's specific to you. So it, it feels a lot more valuable as well. Yeah. Um, and interactive content just always outperforms static content. And it's also psychology driven. So you're speaking to where people are at, who they are. Everyone's favorite topic is themselves. Yeah. So you're, you know, you're, you're building on that and you have an opportunity to, you know, utilize the power of emotion to create a connection. And that's rare when it comes to a, a lead magnet, right? So you can ask someone questions about who they are, or how they relate to certain things, and you can echo back in a positive way why that makes them unique and wonderful. I think that sounds good. So yeah. You just, you get that, they get that like dopamine hit mm-hmm. and it's true. It's fun. That's the word that did every, everything you just said. I'm like, plus they're fun. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Who doesn't yeah. like doing a quiz? Right? Well, you totally. know what goes through my head with the quizzes though is yeah, they're fun. But if we were going to create one for our website, for example, for other people, one thing I have heard is, oh, but it probably takes a lot of time. I don't know where to start. I don't, um, what kind of questions would I ask? So is it super labor intensive or could you just kind of cast a quick vision for people who might be interested in that? And also for ourselves, cause we might be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it depends. There's lots of different ways to go about it. Like I work with interact, which is a quiz hosting software, and we've been developing templates for them for years now. So this like template library is just constantly expanding. And if you searched and found a template for your, that fits your brand, that you kind of like the topic, and then you could just tweak it to fit you and your business, then that's easy. Like that's just done in a few hours, right? If you created something completely custom and it's like one of a kind, you're the only person who's ever going to have it. Um, and you're creating it from scratch and you want to like go all out and make it an asset that you use for years to come, which is like when we're working with one-on-one clients, that's the intention is that this thing we're developing will be used for a number of years. The same quiz the same quiz. Oh, wow. So you'd probably want to trademark that or something. What, what, what would you do legally to protect that specifically? Where, what are people doing with that? Yeah. I mean, you can trademark if there's a a concept that's unique to you. Often we're pulling in like people's signature frameworks and things that they've already trademarked or that they're already known for, or like if someone wanted to write a book, what would they be talking about in that book and how can we turn that into a quiz? So it's like pulling all of that in as well. 
and, um, and using it also as a tool for segmentation. So if someone has sort of a, a more broad spectrum of different types of people or different interests that they serve, and you have one quiz that's attractive to that entire spectrum, but you can determine who belongs kind of in each category of whatever you provide, then that's another, that's another thing to take into consideration. And then if you're building out like segment specific funnels based on that, like that's a big project, right? I would tell someone to set aside like a full quarter where that's their main focus it's not like it's going to take a full work day every day, but you know, if you've only got a few hours a week to work on it, then probably you would want to set aside a, at least a few months. Yeah. Um, and then there's everything in between, right? Like I have students that they, they are done in two weeks and they create an awesome quiz. So I think that's, totally I love that you spoke to that range too, because people are going to want to use it at different phases, or maybe they want to have multiple. I love that you gave so much meat there. So do they meet with you personally first and have a consultation or are you doing this in a group coaching format? Yeah, multiple, like our agency, we're doing it fully custom done for you where we meet with the client and then we meet with them a few times and develop all the ideas and build it all out. And it's sort of taken care of. Yeah. And then there's like a group coaching capacity where you get the the lessons and you learn how to do it. And then you have access to me for, for support and guidance and feedback throughout. That's great. Shanti. Thank you for sharing. So awesome. Thank you. Shantizak.com, right? Yeah. So they can find out more about that. Amazing. So we end each of our interviews with rapid fire questions. (laughs) Surprise. (laughs) So if you're game, we're going to dive right into that. Okay. Let's do it. Okay. (laughs) Which expression or catchphrase do you uh, most enjoy using? Most enjoy? Yeah. Or which one do you use the most? Oh my gosh. Um, probably, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. If you were a DJ, what would your DJ name be? Oh, I know my gangster name. I don't know my DJ name. It could be um, assorted aeolis. <laughs> what is the most impressive thing you know how to do oh my gosh I can make like kind of impressive foods sometimes creme brulee oh that's my favorite okay I'm coming over (laughs) (laughs) what job doesn't exist but should Mm. ah just like personal sidekick that's just like there for you in every way yes yeah ready to go locked and loaded for whatever you're jacked up to do right in that moment anything yeah Yeah. just yeah (laughs) sidekick and like best friend like they're just yeah you can pay them whatever you want They can wear capes. They're paid, <laughs> they're paid in love. That's even better. <laughs> they're paid because they just love being with you so much. There you go. Yeah. 
Okay, number five. What terrible movie do you love? Oh, oh my gosh. I love... I love Dirty Dancing, but I wouldn't like say it's a terrible movie because it's so good. It probably depends who you ask. Like when I read that question, I was like, this is, yeah, you can't ask someone what a terrible movie that they love is because they're not going to think it's terrible. <laughs> I don't think it's terrible. My husband does. Like he would never watch that with me. Yeah. My husband would probably think it was terrible too. Mine's <laughs> Home Alone too. I, I love it. And people are like, that's a gross movie. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> when I was a kid I'd watch it when I wasn't feeling good so that's so cute I like <laughs> Halloween town it's a kid's, <laughs> it's a kids movie. every Halloween I have to watch it it's just my thing I watch it with my daughter though that does sound terrible <laughs> <laughs> what is the best advice you've ever received oh that's so hard oh my gosh probably my dad like just always be honest hmm. yeah that's good. It's a good one. Also, oh my gosh, is totally your. It is totally your thing. Yeah, you nailed that. <laughs> Why? <laughs> it's good. What is the next big thing for you? Oh well, I'm making a new quiz, and I'm pretty excited about it because it's going to be really dynamic. There's like all these different layers and branching logic, and the yeah, that's going to be next level. Very awesome. Exciting. I can't That's wait exciting. to see it. And last but not least, what is your guilty pleasure? Uh, I love this horrible, like, fake cheese queso <laughs> <laughs> that you, it's, like, not refrigerated or anything. You just get it in the chip aisle, and Tostitos is the brand, and yeah. it's, it's so good. Gotcha. <laughs> Do you heat it up or just, like, straight... No, I I'll like mix it with extra hot sauce. Oh, nice! You're hardcore. Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's awesome! It's been so great having you here. It's so great, great touching base again, and just sharing so openly with everyone. Thank you so much. We really appreciate you. We're wishing you so much success in everything that you're doing, and totally want to check out when you have that quiz ready to rock. Let us know. We're happy to share it for you in our group and with our viewers. Um, yeah. So any final thoughts before we sign off for today? Thank you both so much. This was really fun. Okay. I'm glad. All right, everybody. Remember, um, we're stronger together. We go further, faster. Listen in next week on the Become Revolutionary show. Thank you, Shanti. Thanks. Bye. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the Become Revolutionary show. If you're enjoying what you've heard, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. This helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode of the Become Revolutionary Show.